Um, thank you, Maddie, for teaching last week. Yay! Um, yeah, I've heard all really good things, and I still need to listen to it, but I know you did a great job. And then next week, we are not having coffee and conversations because I will be running the mini. Yeah, you will. And I know many people are going to be going to the mini if you want to. It's supposed to be really fun. Like, there's lots of things going on, but there's also a lot of people. So just prepare yourself for that because it's going to be a lot of people. But I'm very excited. Excited to be done running a lot of miles all at once. <laughs> My body, like, is, like, shutting down. <laughs> I was not built to run that far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after this, I might just settle for the 5Ks. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, it would be fun to run a marathon. But then, like, yeah. Yeah. I really have no idea how people run marathons. It blows my mind. It's incredible. Anyone that runs a marathon, you have all my respect. 26.2. It's like, there's, like, no part of it, I think, especially towards the end, that's enjoyable. I wish I could. Yeah. Twenty-six miles is like running from here to Plainfield. Mm. Yeah. Like, I wish I would like run. Holy cow! That would be the perspective. That's insane. I mean, you're gonna be but running like a hundred feet, and you're like, I'm gonna like run a speedway. But I don't like. That's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a long way. A mile. Okay. But <laughs> do great. Thank I'm you. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm gonna cancel my commitment. But if I no, don't cancel your commitment. Oh. Okay. Okay, well, no one is pressured to come, but it fills my heart with joy knowing that you guys want to be there. So, thank you. Um, so, yeah, today is a big day because we're wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount, and we've literally been in the Sermon on the Mount for eight months. So, this is a big day because we're finally done, and we get to start um, some other really fun things that we have going on this summer with Coffee and Conversations. We're going to do um, a controversial series, so we're going to be going over some like controversial topics that... Sometimes the church kind of glazes over, but we're going to, we're not scared, right? We ain't scared, so we're going to dive, dive into that. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? She loves it. I love stuff. talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're in a group where everyone, like, agrees, like, hey, let's talk about it and, like, let's respect each other, right. then there's nothing to be scared of. Yeah. But I think, like, when you're in, like, a big church, like, congregation, like, on Sunday mornings, sometimes you're not going to bring up those because there's so many people... I don't know. So, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, but yeah, today, today we're not leaving on an easy note. These are the, what I think are the scariest verses in the whole Bible. Um, these verses are like kind of, they're not hard to understand, but it's just kind of like a, um, what's it called? When you kind of like a wake up call almost, or like a makes you second guess or makes you ask yourself hard questions. Um, so yeah, last week we talked about the, or two weeks ago, we talked about the narrow path and how Jesus calls us to walk on the narrow path. Um, that's hard and you have to make sacrifices, but he's walking alongside of you and the narrow path leads to life. And then there's the wide path that's easy and you know, you don't have to choose, you don't have to die to yourself, and then it leads to destruction. And many people will choose to follow the wide path, but few will choose to walk the narrow path. Um, but every step of the narrow path, Jesus is walking beside us every step of the way. Um, so sadly, Jesus is clear here that many people are going to trick themselves into thinking that they're Christians. They're going to go to church every week. They're going to do things for the Lord. They're going to lift their hands in worship. From the outside, it's going to look like they're Christians. But on the day that they meet Jesus in heaven, 
Jesus is going to say, I never knew you, and he's going to turn away from them. So that means that there are several people that think that they're Christians that really aren't. And so these verses should scare us a little bit. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when it's like super late at night, I'll be laying in my bed and I'll have like, you know, those deep thoughts that come into my mind. And I start wondering, am I a Christian? <laughs> like, what if I died in my sleep right now? Where would I go? And then I like have this like moment with the Lord where I just like remember that Jesus is my savior, that I did make that decision, that he has worked in my life. And so I think that these questions, even though they're kind of scary to ask of, am I really a Christian? Am I truly following the Lord? Does my heart desire Jesus above all else? Those are hard questions to ask, but they're good questions to ask. And if the spirit is in us, then we'll want to ask those questions so that we'll draw closer to the Lord and be more confident than ever that we're following him. Um, So yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. Matthew 7. Um, I should have already opened my Bible to there. All right, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Maddie, would you read that for us? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who, is not, who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy, prophecy, prophesy your name uh, that day? Uh, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you depart from me, do lawbreakers. Awesome. So yeah, very scary verses. The fact that people will think that they walked their entire life following the Lord, loving the Lord, serving the Lord, and then they'll get to heaven and Jesus will say, I never knew you. Um, so like I said before, my mind automatically goes to the thought of, well, am I saved? Am I doing enough? Is my heart in the right place? Am I failing? Am I doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Classic, just like overthinking, you know? Um, and so reading these verses should send us to those questions right away. And sometimes God intentionally puts parts in the Bible where it's supposed to ask us those questions of, am I truly saved? Am I, is there anything in my life that's holding me back from being closer to the Lord? Because he loves us and he wants us to be even closer to him than we were the day before. Um, so why do you guys think, um, well, I guess I should ask, have you guys ever struggled with the question, am I really saved? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that, what's that been like for you guys? Like what was kind of your, your journey or what you're walking through right now and that, with that question? What led you to ask that question in the first place? Reading verses like this in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could be so into it, right? Mm-hmm. You can be the example for others. You can be, like, the type of Christian that others look at and want to be. Right. Or you could just, like, feel very fulfilled by the Lord or all these things, right? And you could get to heaven and you'd be like, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, okay, <laughs> if God never knew me, I would not be crying in church on Sunday mornings because he picked the right song. Like, he would not have my heart in those places. He would not. It, it would be clear, right? right? It would be obvious. There would have been a point where I'd be like, come on, you know, just kind of kind of weasel through this. Hmm. Like, if I get to heaven and that's what the Lord says to me, that's my fault. Hmm. It's not because I missed something. It's not because... I wasn't aware, it's because I wasn't looking hard enough. Mm. I wasn't asking those questions often enough. I wasn't reading and seeking the Lord and mm. finding God. Like, I wasn't truly going after the Lord. I was letting Him come to me mm. and just sitting there waiting for Him. Yeah. 
what you right yeah but we have to talk about it because if there's going to be people that do trick themselves into thinking they know jesus but they really don't we have to know do we really know jesus um but yeah how else like how else has the question am i really saved like impacted your life or what does that look like in your walk with the lord When I think about it, I think about, like, the specific wording. It says, I never knew you. Hmm. Because you don't really know what, this is going to sound silly, you don't really know what that means. Like, yeah. you don't know how he knows you. You don't, you, do, you just don't know. Yeah. And it's so hard because, for me, I'm like, okay, I have to strive and do these things. And I'm like, you don't. Hmm. It's, it's a hard balance. And yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that one for, like, years now. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's comforting to know someone who someone who doesn't have the spirit working in them wouldn't ask the questions of, am I really saved? Am I producing enough fruit? Am I doing, quote unquote, enough? Because if you don't have the spirit working in you, you're not going to really care. You're not going to want to challenge yourself in that way. Or Like if your desire is to know that you're saved, the spirit is working there, you know? Someone that's, yeah. I think that's Oh, yeah. It's conviction versus guilt, too. Right. Because I've caught myself before. I'm like, 
oh, I'm just not enough, and I'm like, that's not from me. So maybe mm, I'm doing enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or that 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 is from me. That, that is, is from so there. true. Versus from God, it feels more like you should do this like a gentle nudge rather than yeah oh that's so good because the reason that like I I said like I ask myself am I producing enough fruit but it's not always from the right heart it's like I want to make sure I'm like doing enough work 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 go 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 I want to you know and then I forget it's supposed to be out of love and yeah so so good I know. I know. And I think what you said, Delaney, really stuck out to me about how Jesus says um, that he never knew you. And so, like, he doesn't say, you didn't do enough. Like, you didn't serve enough in the children's ministry. You didn't smile enough at strangers. You didn't share the gospel enough. He says, I never knew you. Like, you never let me just, like, get to like get to know you or like you never had a relationship with me and so he like wants to know us know our hearts he wants us to be like like so close to him and that's what he wants he doesn't want our service because when we look at the pharisees we see that they were like the most righteous holy people they did all the right things they followed all the rules but jesus looked at them and said that they were whitewashed tombs they were dead on the inside pretty on the outside but he could see straight through them um so Jesus wants to know us and that and that being known by him and loved by him unconditionally will motivate us to have a life that's flourishing with fruit. But God isn't looking for our deeds, he's looking for our heart, which is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about, right? Like every single week we talk about how God is after our heart. Jesus wants our heart. He doesn't want us to just fulfill the empty law without him at the center. He wants our hearts to just overflow in love for him, overflow in the mercy that we received, and that's what leads us to do all the things he commands us to do. Um, so yeah. Um, can someone turn to first Timothy two, three through four? Um, one of the things I wanted to hit on was this fact that this, what Jesus says here breaks his heart. The fact that someone has chosen not to be known by him, that breaks his heart. It's not like he's like, well, I never knew you. So ha. Like, like when he says this, it breaks his heart because his desire is that all people would know him and all people would love him and all people would be saved by him. Um, can anyone read that for us? First Timothy 2, 3 through 4. I can read it. Thank you. Andrea? Um, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. So that is, that's his desire is for us to come to the knowledge of truth, to know that we are saved by grace, that we are not enough on our own, but Jesus makes us enough. He covers us with his blood. He forgives us of our sins. And because of that, we have eternal hope in Christ. Um, and then, of course, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, um, that whoever show, should believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. A basic verse, but God, it starts with God's love. Um, and so I think it's really important to know that Jesus is not up there hoping to trick you into thinking that you know him when you really don't. Like, his desire is for you to know him. And if your desire is to know him, you're definitely on the right track, right? Um, And so, yeah, pay attention to Jesus' heart in those moments. Because I think, at least for me, it's really easy to think that I have to, like, figure out the code to, like, be a good Christian. Or a code to, like, make sure I make it into heaven. When really, it's all about the relationship. And God's heart is to always love us and want us to choose him. Um... So yeah, Um, so how do you guys think, how do I phrase this? How is it that many people will go their whole life 
doing good works for Jesus, yet still fail in knowing him? How does that happen? Does that question make sense? I think just because of, like, the society that we live in, everybody sees, like, hardworking and getting things done and checking things off the list of, like, wow, you're doing all the right things. Like, Mm -hmm. that's great, but that's not specifically what the Lord wants us to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We we also don't like to admit that we're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. We don't like to be told, Riley, you know, like, you're going through this season of discouragement. Have you been in the Word more? Like, are you praying? Are you feeling community? Like, all of these things, right? We don't... Yeah, you can take that. Are you doing these... Like, we don't like to be told that we're doing things wrong. We don't like to be told that's not enough. Right. Just coming to church is not enough. Yeah. Just... awesome yeah that's so true yeah our hearts are very complicated and complex we can we can easily trick ourselves into thinking check 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 I've done enough and miss the relationship aspect um and yeah God knows the depths of our heart he knows what's going on and um I love what both you guys said about just like um like um thoughts are hard um Andrea what you said about not um about like accepting criticism or like accepting that you're not enough because that goes back to the first beatitude blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom of God which is what the entire sermon on the mount is built upon and so it all starts with us realizing that we we mess up that we're sinners and we need a savior and Jesus says that if you understand that yours is the kingdom of God you will be in heaven one day if you see I'm not enough 
I am spiritually depraved. I need Jesus. That's where it all begins. Um, So that brings us to the question of how can we know for for certain that Jesus knows you and that you know Jesus? How can... How can we know that? Or how can you know that? One of the first things I thought of was just a desire. So like, um, okay, so for the past month, I've been walking through like this season of, I the best way to describe it is just like numbness. Like, I I love the Lord, but like sometimes I feel like really numb when I'm reading the Bible. Like I wish I wish that it like would just light my heart on fire. Like it's a desire of mine that I would crave the word and that it would it would just like light my life up. The desire's there even though my feelings aren't following in place, but the desire's there. So that comforts me to know that the Holy Spirit is in me creating a desire even though my flesh sometimes holds me back from actually experiencing. Um which is good to know because like I'll mess up I'll sin I'll say something mean and my desire is to reconcile my desire is to find repentance and to make it right even though like I messed up the desire to be better is still there um yeah yeah any other thoughts how do you know for certain that Jesus is living in you I think for me whenever I start to like have the questions of like of doubt of like okay is Jesus, like, really working through me? Like, is he here? Like, does the Holy Spirit live in me? I remind myself of, like, all the things that he's done in my life and, like, the moments where I just remember, like, the moments where I just remember, like, holy crap, like, Mm. wow, God is with me, God cares about me, he hears me, and I can hear him. And I think in those moments of doubt and questioning, for me, it, like, strengthens my faith to go back and remember all the things and all of the situations where yeah. I've heard him before and where he's left me before. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, what he tells the Israelites, he always, always telling them, like, remember how I brought you out of slavery. Remember how I provided for you. He's, like, write it on your hands. Like, yes. like write it down. Like, know it. Remind yourselves because you're going to forget. Yeah. Oh, so I'm, good. I'm not saying way. This could only have been the Lord. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Like, you can see that picture and you're actively looking for it. But I also, like, someone whose heart is after the Lord mm-hmm. is brought to their knees or brought to tears or just just flattened and humbled mm-hmm. by the tiniest things, by the smallest things. Like, like your mom loves sunsets and sunrises and the sparrows, right? So yeah. She's just like, so watch them and she'll just be like wow like our god is so big and i'm even crying or like i'm even trying to tear up talking about it or like you know we'll sing a song in church and half of us are crying yeah you need to clean up okay um but like i'm not gonna be moved emotionally brought to my knees hmm. by something that little yeah if the lord is not the one hmm. that's moving me yeah you know yeah like that's good that's really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I don't know if this relates at all, but I was talking to one of the girls that I meet with every week, and um, she is the only believer in her house. So she became a believer early in her high school years, and she has her dad, not a believer at all, but her uncle, which is her dad's brother, he went to jail when he was very young. He was 12. He went to jail, and 
has been in jail his whole life, but he found Jesus in jail, and now he he runs Bible studies. He is part of the church there. He's like he's he's has like scripture like almost like he he memorized the entire book of Genesis, the entire New Testament, and so it just like blew my mind that the Lord can be so faithful in the darkest places where like the gospel is being reached to people in jail and then my heart just like I realized I was like why why do you think that he was like so hungry for the gospel you know and it's because he's his life is in jail and he did something bad so he knows that he needs a savior but sometimes it takes a long time for us to catch on for those of us that like aren't in jail because we are just as bad but I was just like wow the gospel is for everyone and I think like moments like that remind me the spirit is working and the spirit is in me because I was, again, like I was moved by that story and just like so encouraged by hearing that and amazed by God's power. And yeah, so just that's the other part of it. If you're so encouraged, we can be encouraged by anything. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you said I was moved by God's power in that mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. like that's where the line is. It gets really, really sketchy because you can be encouraged by this story of someone Anybody can, right? Mm, yeah. So he's not a believer But the fact that you weren't just encouraged, you like, wow, my God is doing big things. And like, it was all God. It was all glorifying mm. God and looking yeah. at God. Yeah. That's the other side of the line. Too. Yeah. And it's a very subtle difference. Mm-hmm. But things like that are where we get caught. Like, and those are things that are very easy to fake to yourself. Like, mm. oh, I, you know, I'm so encouraged by it. Of course, of course I'm a Christian. Like, I'm, like that's, a, that's like a Christian story, mm. you know? Yeah. But anybody can be encouraged by yeah, it. Yeah, so true. Do you see encouragement or the Lord? Right. You know? Yeah, so good. It's yeah. like you were literally in the car with us. Like, I heard, her and I were talking yesterday whenever you're talking about desire. Yeah. Like, the question. And I was just like, I'm so involved at my church, but I just like, I, I need more. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. I was t- telling her about that. And like, like there's a desire. That's not for, that's not me that wants it. Right. Like, so I, whenever you said that, I was just like. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, literally, it's like he took the words like straight out of my face. Yeah. She invited me here, and I was like, I've been wanting to get involved in something like that. Like, I need more. Like, I need more. Yes. Yeah. And so that was, I was like, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yes. That's yes. so crazy. Yeah, one of the reasons I love this group so much is that I feel like sometimes we put based on like what we all say because we all like contribute to the conversation hence coffee conversations I feel like we put words to what like sometimes we don't have words for or like it's just being like oh you feel that way too or you've gone through that too and it's just so encouraging yeah and just listening to other people's perspectives of things too yeah yeah Yeah. or even just the way that they say something because I'll be like thinking of something and I'm like I don't know how to say this I don't know how to answer a question and then the lady raises her hand or Maddie raises her hand and the things I was thinking come out of this lovely and I'm like this is great I was to call you out for that I was like every time I don't know what to say Andrea Andrea's so good we need a podcast Andrea I let's that would be a good yeah, Andrea, people that listen, people that listen to coffee conversations that don't go to our church, they'll make comments to me about your comments. They'll be like that like my my grandma, she listens every week and she always makes comments about the things that you say 
And so truly, if you started a podcast, you could totally do it. It could be like a encouraging woman and mom's podcast or... Do that. Honestly, <laughs> you'd be so good at that. Can all be guest huh? Or buddies. Just no, it's fine. My mama. We're just one big group. Oh, Hi, mama. Hi, mama. Hi, mama. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she listens almost every week. And she she really likes Andrea. I don't know if you've ever met her. I probably seen her. Yeah. Is this the one that makes cookies? Thank you. Is it Trini? I don't. Uh, yes. This is the one of like. This is your dad's mom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I've heard lots and lots of lovely stories about her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty awesome. I'm a big fan of you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So that was the first part of our lesson and now we're moving into our last and final part what tears um (laughs) matthew 7 24 through 27 i'll read this for us um everyone then who hears the word these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and be on the house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Whew. All right. So this is the best way to wrap up the Sermon on the Mount. Basically, Jesus is saying, if you take everything that I've taught you today, if, you've t- if you take everything that I say and you build your very life upon it, then you will be unshakable. Your life will not crumble when you go through suffering and trials. Whenever something bad happens, your house will not fall to the ground. Jesus says that if you are wise, you will cling to his words and you will frame your entire life around it. It would be foolish for you to build your life on any other foundation other than Jesus Christ himself. Um, So I know like when we ask questions of like, how can we build our life more on Jesus, you know? It's like, oh, read your Bible, you right? Yeah, <laughs> like we all know that answer. But like genuinely, like we need the word of God. It is living and it's active. It's, I was reading in Psalm 19 yesterday and it literally says the word of God revives your soul. And that was so encouraging to me because I feel like my soul has been numb. So I was like, Lord, revive my soul, you know? <laughs> and so like, it's true. The word of God is powerful. And I think that um, the enemy loves to make us feel like it's just a to-do list or, oh, you don't need to do that today. Or it's really not that important. You know, he loves to make us think that. And then we forget that like, these are the very words of God. And so like the word, the God that like came down on Mount Sinai in front of the, the Israelites and like the ground shook and they stood back and, and fear. And he spoke to Moses. That is the same God that gave us this word. So why would we underestimate its power? Um, in our life and why would we not build our life upon it Um, and so yes the answer is read your bible but it's like no seriously like read your bible study your bible like you need it like more than food um, you need the word of god Um, but of course we can always slip into legalism where we miss a day and we think oh i'm terrible i'm awful i was having a conversation with andrea this week about how sometimes being a mom you just can't fit your bible time in but like it's throughout the day you're you're praying and you're talking to Luke and you're thinking in your mind about how great the Lord is. Um, so there's definitely like other things that show us that it's not all about just 
the wake up at this time and read your Bible for this long and journal and memorize and check, check, check. It's not all about the legalism. It's, it's about the heart, right? Um, so what holds you guys back sometimes from reading your Bible or studying your Bible? I'm going to be honest. Yesterday was my day off. Usually I fill my day off with just like, I'll read my Bible and journal and pray. And it's like, I'm in no rush. I watched Netflix instead. It took me until like 4 p.m. to do my devotions. So sometimes it's just like, sometimes I just want to watch a show. And I forget like more than I need just like time to relax. I need time to be with the Lord. Excuses. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we all probably have them. It's too early. It's too late. I don't want to get up in the morning. I can keep going. Yeah. yeah. A big one for me is like, oh, I didn't read it yesterday. Oh, then I just can't do it anymore. Right. The all or nothing. It's, yes. It's yeah. The, the legalism thing. Like, yeah. oh, I was doing so good and then I failed. So, right. I guess we're failing for the rest of the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can't pick it back up. That's yeah. impossible. Yeah. Which is a scary trap. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes. Oh, you go. You go. You have to finish. She was. No, it's you. Go ahead. Send it. Send it. I was gonna say for me, um, like I just get so caught up in like the moment and like everything I'm doing, and I want to do so many different things. Yeah. I. It's like I have so many things to do, and it's like I want to hang out with people. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm also a full-time college student, and I'm working, and it's just like craziness, and so I get. It's hard for me to, because I'll stay up till 4 a.m. doing schoolwork, but I won't take mm. an hour of my time. So it's like priorities. Like I need yeah. to prioritize. Mm. Right. right. That's yeah. so good. I catch myself. I'm so sorry. I catch myself <laughs> too. I'm like, oh, I just spent an hour playing this game on my phone. Right. But I can't give the Lord five minutes yes. of my time mm. to listen to this next person with yep. a kiss that I'm really <laughs> not excited Yeah. I deleted, uh, I deleted social media off my phone for a day. And just to see how much, like, because that's, like, my first thing I go to is my phone right. scroll. Like, I'll literally do that for an hour. Those Instagram reels. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will literally scroll through TikTok or whatever for, like, an hour. And yeah. And I deleted everything for one day, and I looked at my screen time because I really took that time to, like, focus on the Bible. And I was, like, yeah, I was shook. I was, like, yeah. this, all this time that I spent scrolling, I could spend, like, getting into the Word, and I don't do that. Right. So that, that was the eye-opening thing mm-hmm. for me. It's so good. Yeah, I know. I was like, who wants to delete social media for a week with me? Dude, we should do a challenge together. Okay. I I need someone in my life to keep me accountable of, like, actually, like, not spending time on my phone. Because I feel like, for me, I, like, I have such good intentions when I delete it. Yeah. But then, but then, (laughs) I'm like... Wow, you know what I've not done in a long time? Scroll on Pinterest. Mm. Or, oh wow, you know what I haven't done? I haven't gone through all the notes on my phone. Let me just go back and just go through That's what all I the do. Notes on my phone. I'm like, but I delete Actually, Instagram. Let me just organize all of my photos that I have on Google Photos. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and yes. so, my, my heart and my intention <laughs> is there to like spend less time on my phone, but then I get rid of social media and I'm like, I just think of something. Something right. different yeah. versus... Yeah, that's what I do, too. The times I've deleted Instagram, I'll be, like, on, like, Facebook. I mm-hmm. hate Facebook. 
I'm like, why am I on Facebook right now? <laughs> and I'm like, it's because I don't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with that too. It's like work cannot start until the Bible the Bible is done. Yeah. 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 So we have to build our life on the word of God or build our life on God. Um, just like framing our life around him. Because um, I've noticed like when my life is built on like other people's opinions, the moment someone says something mean about me, my life like crumbles, like I can't function. Or if, I, if we build our life on success or having the dream job or getting a family or getting married, if those things don't happen to you, if you don't have success, if you don't get married, if you can't have kids, all those things, your life will crumble. When our life is supposed to be so much more than those things, our life is supposed to be all on the Lord, all f- framed around the Lord. Um, so yeah. Um, um, so the reason I have you guys bring your jackets today is because I thought that we could have a time of quote-unquote rebuilding um, where we just kind of refocus, um, ha- spend some personal time with the Lord, um, read through passages that are close to your heart or maybe passages that the Lord leads you to read um, and just remember his promises and his grace. Let the word of God like sink into your heart. Spend some time with just him. And I don't know about you, but I always focus better when I'm outside. It just kind of like refreshes my mind. But if you don't want to go outside, that's totally fine too. Like if you'd rather stay in here, um, that's totally fine. But we're just going to split up until, um, you guys want to do 11, 15? That's like 25 minutes. Is that cool with everybody? Okay, cool. So you can go anywhere. There's no one in the church right now. You can go anywhere in the church or outside. Uh, We'll come back together and pray. And yeah, sound good? I have another point. Oh, yeah. The question you asked a little bit ago. Being honest, like for me, I think it's like some of the reasons why I don't want to do Just like don't, like selfishly don't want to hear the word to say because I know it's not, like worldly, it's not what I want to hear. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Where you're like, I know the right thing, but I just don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I know what I need right now is to spend time with the Lord, but. Mm-hmm. And I know as soon as I open, I want to. He's going like, to slap you right across the face. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. he won't slap you. Right. But like, lovingly. Gently. Just a little tap. Just a little, like. Like a little tap. Yeah. You know, like shaking the shoulders. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. 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 So good. But it's what we need. I love the song on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Have you, do you guys know that song? On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I don't know the name of it. I think it's like Christ the rock or something like that. But I love that song. It's an old one, but it's a good one. So yeah. All right. Goodbye, podcast world. <laughs>